Welcome to Enlightenedhood, a sacred space for mothers, mothers to be, and mothers by proxy to share how mindfulness and spirituality intertwine with one of life's biggest responsibilities, motherhood. Each week, we will gather nuggets of inspiration, empowerment, and wisdom from wild and woke mamas who are tapped into their highest selves and raising the next generation along with the consciousness of this planet. I'm your host, Lena Lemos, founder of Enlightenedhood, a community of mindful and spiritual mamas committed to personal growth and divine sisterhood through our one-of-a-kind inner work membership and spiritual magazine. Welcome. I am so grateful that you're here. So I don't know where you are in the world, but the fear and the panic is starting to set in here in New Jersey. We are about 30 minutes outside New York City and my husband went to the grocery store tonight and there was nothing on the shelves and all the local schools are starting to close for a few weeks. If you're an empath like me, Shit's getting real and it can be hard to navigate, but I think the important reminder is this is when the work comes in. We have been training for this moment of having the tools to be able to bring ourselves back into the present moment, being able to bring ourselves back into our bodies and just breathe. While I think it is very important for us to be informed of everything that's going on at a certain point, being over-informed can be triggering. And one thing I know that's helped me is repeating the mantra, what I'm doing is enough. I know that in this moment, everything I'm doing, all the safety precautions, being present in this moment, the tools I have, everything I am doing is enough and accepting that. What you're doing is enough. Anyway, I think we need some good old astrology talk to kind of make us forget about everything that is going on right now. And I know in every podcast episode, I ask my guests what is on their spiritual bucket list. And that is because I am a constant seeker of knowledge. I want to be certified in everything. I want to learn everything I can about every single thing on this planet. And it's almost this unquenchable thirst for knowledge. But on the top of my list is astrology. I've never really had that time to sit down and learn everything I want to know. I've picked up little parts here and there, learning more about my sun and my moon and my rising sign, but there is still so much to learn. And my guest today just reminds me how very, very, very little I know about astrology. My amazing guest today is Natha Campanella. Natha is a professional astrologer, teacher, podcaster, and mama. She writes and speaks on topics of spirituality, personal growth, and astrology. Using her ability to translate the personal experience of her clients into astrological terms and her sharp intuitive skills, she's adept at giving practical and useful guidance. She also teaches people how to use astrology as a transformational toolkit for mental and emotional health. Nathan and I are talking today about how to better understand our children when we know those key components of their astrology. She is also getting real about the truth of Mercury retrograde and whether or not we can see our spiritual awakening in our charts. Natha's answering all of my astrology questions, ignorant or not, sorry. <laughs> I'm learning, I swear, but I am just so excited that there are so many wonderful astrologers out there who are taking this giant map of the universe and being able to help guide so many of us through our life and through these transits that I'm learning about that are these huge moments of evolution in our lifetime. So without further ado, here's Natha. When did you start to feel that pull towards astrology? Oh my God. Well, Really, what was happening is that I was going through a bit of a crisis in my own life. And I 
you know, it, it was definitely like the spiritual awakening that everybody always talks about. And I was realizing that I, my, my marriage, we've been together like eight or nine years and we had two kids together that my marriage was not going to survive. And there were all of these things going on and I just could not make sense of them. Like I really felt like I was completely on the verge. And so of course, every time I would talk to anybody who had any sort of experience, you know, I, I was having coffee with a friend and she said, Oh, I just had the best reading with an astrologer. And I, of course, like, what, what's that? Tell me about that. What's her name? What's her, what's her number? <laughs> and so I went and I got a reading and it was like, you know, those moments in time where your world kind of like picks up and like turns around and then sets back down. Mm-hmm. It was like that because she was able to explain to me what was happening in, in terms that made so much sense. And it was very validating because I had been sort of always operating on this idea that I was in control and that my decisions were, you know, either bad decisions that were my fault or they were good decisions that, you know, I was, I had done a good job making. And the way that she explained this stuff to me, it, it took some of the pressure off of me because I really got it that what was happening was, you know, of course there were elements that were in my control, but they were also part of my soul sort of journey, my destiny, and that I was doing what needed to be done. So for example, leaving my marriage was so hard and so painful. And I felt like I was betraying him. But she explained to me that, you know, part of what part of my spiritual journey was to do this thing around awakening, around Mm -hmm. becoming more conscious. And I wasn't going to be able to do that with my husband. And, you know, we have now been divorced for 10, maybe 12 years. And I can see so clearly what she meant by that. And you know, we're still co-parenting together. We have a normal, great relationship. Um, but he was not going to be moving at the same speed that I was. And to have somebody who was completely objective explain that to me, it was such a relief to know that, you know, it's not because I'm a bad person. It's not because I am a failure or the great betrayer, but my soul path involves becoming more spiritually aware and awakening. And I really needed a partner that was going to be able to keep up with me. And, you know, that was kind of my intro into astrology. And then of course I was hungry for more and went back and got pretty regular astrology readings for the next several years and even took a few classes. And then I started studying to become a life coach and I did life coaching for a while And then I randomly got this email from this astrologer who I had been following for years saying that she was looking for an apprentice and I applied and I got it. And I went ahead and did this intensive, like 350 hour apprenticeship with her Mm -hmm. and just fell more and more in love. And when I emerged from the apprenticeship, I was like, well, I guess I'm an astrologer now. And so, you know, I did, I I worked with her for a handful of years in her practice. And then I was also developing a private practice. And now I'm just doing private practice astrology. And my goal is always to kind of help people do, uh, you know, help provide the same kind of information and insight and validation that my very first astrologer provided for me because, you know, we're... It's nice to just take a little bit of the pressure off and just hear it from sort of the elder in the room, so to speak, that everything is chugging along just the way it should be, right? Mm -hmm. Regardless of what kind of control we think we have. Yeah, absolutely. The same thing happened to me when I had my first, well, my first and only astrology reading that my brain exploded a little bit. And it was just so fascinating how everything I was feeling was in my chart and that it was written in the stars. And she also informed me that I was going through my Saturn return. And that's why there was so much friction. And just to make sense of those things, I completely agree that it it does take that pressure off. Yes. Oh my God. And you're so right. Like when you mentioned the Saturn return, because we have these transits 
that come along at specific times in our lives that if we are on a path of spiritual awakening and not everybody is, you know, everybody comes in with a sort of a life path to fulfill. And some people are doing a life that is more survival oriented. Some are doing a life that is more um, pleasure oriented, right? Like Mm -hmm. it just depends. But if you are somebody that's like, I've come in to understand myself and to be introspective, then these transits, like you're talking about the Saturn return, which is a transit that we all do around 28, 29 or 30 years of age. They, they feel particularly hard because they're trying to get our attention. They're trying to bring us into a place of better alignment. But in order to become more aligned, sometimes we have to have that wake up call or we have things have to get really hard. Right. Mm. So that we're finally like, oh, my God, something else to shift. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So what was your what were you most surprised to learn about astrology once you were on the other side of it? Oh, you know, it's so fascinating, right? Because I can't tell you why astrology is so accurate. There's not really a reason for it. You know, there's not a scientific thing. It's not like people went out and studied these things and came to these conclusions. It's probably channeled information from many, many years ago, hundreds or thousands of years ago. But what is always astounding to me about astrology, and and at this point, I have read charts for hundreds of people. It always makes sense to the person that I'm reading for, right? And it's like, I don't know you, you know, I've never met you before and I'm reading your chart and there are things that I can pick up out of these symbols, these glyphs and these archetypes that can accurately describe you or accurately describe anybody. And it's always amazing to me because there's always a part of me where I, you know, give some interpretation and I'm holding my breath a little bit and I say, does this resonate? And that part, that skeptic part of me that says, oh my God, what if it doesn't? Like, what if this person says that doesn't sound like me at all? But every time, like very reliably, the person exhales and says, yes, that is me. And it's not like I'm giving the exact same interpretation to everybody. It's always this different, really nuanced information. But for me, I'm still absolutely amazed that I can have this map of somebody's personality and tendencies and behaviors in front of me and translate it in a way that opens their eyes and makes them feel seen and validated and that brings a sense of sense or semblance to what's happening in their lives. I feel like that is just the biggest representation that there has to be a higher power, right? Because think of everything in their chart is just so spot on to who they are and what's going on in their life. But all of that had to coordinate with the time they were born, the day they were born, when they were born, what the life of the generation before them looked like. So it just, there has to be so much truth in that. I know. I mean, it's, you're so right. There are so many things that we just don't understand as humans and we try to make sense of it and we try to be very scientific and we try to prove and, and whatnot. But when we're talking about some, you know, these metaphysical tools like astrology or tarot or whatever it is that we're talking about, there is just this sense of, you know, sort of higher power elements, right? Because we, we can't, explain why these things make sense and yet they do and of course this is in astrology we're talking about the archetype of pisces which mm-hmm. is about the divine right it's also about magic and things that we can't touch and things that we can't hold with our hands and yet things that are very very much here with us in the room when i had my first astrology reading crystal she was actually on season one of my podcast she was able to see in my chart that after my daughter was born i was going to become entrepreneurial and become an educational leader for mothers online and in a global sense all from just reading my chart which just makes my, again, it makes my brain explode. I just, it's such a, and you're right. We, as humans try to put this construct on it that I don't even know if we can explain within 
the paradigm that we've created, but it, it really is just such a mind blowing thing. That's, that's the word I'm just going to keep using brain explosions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I just read yesterday for a client who was doing, um, working a job within the government. And when I looked at her chart, I saw that in her house of career, and we all have a house of career that can tell us a lot about what we might eventually end up doing, right? It doesn't mean that that's what we're always going to do. And we're always going to be called to this particular thing. But eventually, we're going to feel called to doing what is sort of laid out in the chart. And she is working a government job and she has the sign of Pisces that is, you know, connected to her 10th house, which is about healing. And when I mentioned that to her, I said, I don't want to scare you <laughs> because this is so different from what you're doing. And I know that you have just done a ton of education to get to where you are. But eventually, my guess is that you're going to be doing something in the healing arts. How does that sound to you? And she kind of laughed and she said, you know, a year ago, if you had told me that, I would have rolled my eyes. But now I'm, I'm really starting to see, I don't know what it is yet, but I'm starting to see that that's a potential. And so my guess, Lena, and actually I'll ask you this is, you know, did you have any idea before Crystal had read your chart that you might be doing something like this? And when she told you, like, what was your reaction? Um, so at that point, when I had my reading, the only thing that had happened for Enlightened Hood was I had gotten the download for the name and I had bought the domain name. And I knew that I had to follow that whisper and I felt this pull towards stepping forward to talk about mindfulness and spirituality in motherhood. That was it. That was as far as I had gotten. So when she said that, I was like, absolutely. And it's so it's so reassuring to know that that's in my chart and that this pull and this almost like, am I crazy kind of feeling was actually meant to be. Yes. Yes. And and I love that about astrology too, is that it, it gives us some idea of what is, what is meant to be. And it's not to say that we don't have free will because we absolutely do. You know, for all, for all, you know, you could have decided to put this particular venture off for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Right. But you said, Ooh, I, I like the sounds of that. And in fact, I've already had this download and, you know, even hearing, I'm sure, I mean, I wasn't in your reading, but even hearing Crystal translate that for you, I'm sure it kind of started sparking like, Oh, Oh, Oh. And then we could, yes. Mm -hmm. What about this? Right. And that's what I always strive for when I'm reading for a client is like, I'm going to give you a lot of information and I want you to just listen for whatever kind of lights you up and use whatever is lighting you up as sort of your, you know, your step for like, what's next? Where am I headed next? How far in advance <laughs> does reading someone's chart go? Is it a year thing or is it a lifetime kind of thing? So we can read your natal chart when, and that's just the map of where all of the planets were in the sky when you were born. Mm -hmm. We can read your natal chart and get some really good ideas for your life. You know, like here are some of your potential crises. Here are some of the um, patterns of growth. You know, here's what you can do with all of it. But if you're wanting to look at, you know, moving into the future and you're wanting to look at specific dates, for example, um, those are transits. And mm. the transits are where the planets are in the sky right now. And the planets are always moving. And of course, most people have heard of Mercury retrograde at this point. Right you know. now. <laughs> yeah, right. And we're in a Mercury retrograde. But, you know, imagine that Mercury is always going through the sky. and when it goes into retrograde, it appears to turn backward and it starts to move very slowly. And so all of the planets do this and that's what we call a transit. And it's just that period of time where the planet is moving backward and then forward again. And some of the planets move back and forth three or four times in a transit. But when we analyze those transits, we can get ideas for what's going to happen in your life. So you know, for example, you mentioned your Saturn return. Mm -hmm. Saturn return is 
a transit that usually lasts about nine months for people. And it's because Saturn comes back around to where it was when you were born. So if we're going to be impacted by a transit, it means that that planet in the sky has come and connected in some way with one of the planets in our natal chart. And we're Mm. talking about degrees. Uh, So it gets kind of mathematical, but that's sort of a side note. But, you know, in a transit, we can look at that, let's say nine month period, and we can kind of predict, okay, she's having a Saturn transit. That's going to be related to career. It's going to be related to her relationship with authority, um, whether she is still willing to accept the authority of the people around her or whether she's ready to become her own authority. And if anybody's listening and you're feeling like, oh my God, my life feels really chaotic or I feel really um, like life feels very hard and I feel very limited or my fears are being activated or I feel like I'm very, my nervous system is so sensitive and, and I'm suffering. Chances are you're having a transit in your chart. And really the transits are just trying to get your attention to like, what needs to change? What, what, what can you do differently in your life moving forward to bring about more contentment or excitement? Mm. So this is going, I'm going to try to explain this for as much as I know about astrology. So then do these transits, <laughs> this might not come out right. So then do the transits, they relate to different, our different houses based on where they are? Yeah, they'll show up in the different houses, but more importantly, they will aspect our planets. Mm. So for example, you know, let's just say that you're having a, let's say that you're having a Uranus transit to your sun. So this is a, this is a fun example. Uranus is the planet of change. Uranus shows us where we have gotten bored, where we've gotten stagnant and where we are maybe, you know, wanting to establish a little bit more independence in our lives. We're wanting to liberate ourselves. And the sun is about self-expression. So if you're having a Uranus transit to your son, chances are suddenly you're going to be like, huh, I feel like I need to like change my look. Maybe I need to like put some color in my hair or maybe I just need to like go take that singing class that I've always wanted to take. Or maybe I'm going to enter an art show. Um, What happens is that it kind of forces us into some uncomfortable territory in relation to, in this case, self-expression, right? Like what is our, are we being creative in our lives? Or are we feeling like things are dull and boring and bland? Because if they're dull and boring and bland, Uranus says, oh, there is no sense living like that. You know, let's shake it up. Let's get excited. Let's rebel a little bit against the way that we've been doing things. Got it. So the planets are where the, the key is in those transitions in our life. Yeah. And I mean, they can affect the houses too. So it's sort of this multi-layered thing. Um, And I guess it depends on how deep you want to go. But yeah, certainly if you're having Uranus transiting through your seventh house, which is the house of partnership, then the same thing, you might feel like your relationship needs a little bit of fresh air and you need to spice it up a little bit, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So how has learning about these transits in people's life, how has it helped you with the relationships in your life? Oh, well, of course, I'm always looking at my own chart to see what's happening and and obviously looking at other people's charts and talking them through their transits. Um there's something that's really validating about knowing what's going on because instead of feeling like we're at the mercy of what's happening, we can make the most of it. Mm. And so when we're talking about relationship astrology, you know, relationship, because we're such relational things, right? We're humans, we're pack animals. The astrology is always going to be somewhat tangled in with our relationships, whether it's a relationship with self, or our relationships with our family, our partners, 
it's always going to be touching in on that territory. Because if we, you know, if I'm having a transit to my son and my sense of self-expression needs to change it up, well, you know, that's going to show up in my partnership and it's going to show up with my kids and all of this stuff. So it's all interconnected. And I have found that when we know what the transits are that are happening in our chart, that it can help us just inform like how, you know, how are we relating to the Mm -hmm. people in our lives? Are we, um, are we being edgy with our kids more edgy than, than usual with our kids? Or, you know, are we trying to do some healing work and we can get some really good information about how to do that by being with our kids? You know, I mean, it just, it's all very interconnected. And I don't know whether that answered your question or not, but. (laughs) Oh, it does. And then I was curious, do you, I assume you use your kids' charts to know what's going on with them just to have a little insight information? Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, um, you know, I have, so, so I do this as a service also for people where we look at the charts of their children and their partners and their parents if they want and and really anybody. But I have found it to be invaluable in looking at my own children's charts from the time they were little until, um, you know, they're teenagers now. And I can really get what's happening on such a deeper level. And you and I were talking a little bit before um, about the moon signs, right? Mm -hmm. And how you and your daughter have the same moon sign. Mm -hmm. And that's really valuable because it means that even in the places where you don't understand each other and you're operating from completely different um, places, different needs, desires, et cetera, you can meet in your moon sign, which means that you both understand each other on an emotional level. Mm -hmm. And I have found that to be true you know, one of my favorite stories about astrology is my daughter was three. And just like we were talking, so my daughter has an Aries sun, and she has a Sag rising. So that's fire. That's like, these are, these are kids that have, you know, they're loud, they're enthusiastic, they're impatient, they're headstrong. Mm-hmm. And that's true of fire of the fire element. But she was she would fly into these like meltdowns and nobody could do anything to get her to calm down. We tried everything. We'd, we'd, you know, beg and plead and be nice and reason and time out and all this stuff and nothing worked. And I went and I saw my astrologer and she said, this is not a child that you can parent conventionally. You cannot push up against this child because she will just push back. So what you have to do is you have to walk alongside her. And that made so much sense. And it, and it really made all the difference for, for, you know, still she's, she's 13 now. And it's still true is that there's no, like, I'm the parent, you do what I say, because I'm the parent, like, no, 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 she won't stand for that. And you might, you might have some of that with your yep. daughter too. Right? <laughs> I'm sure I will. I, I can already see it. <laughs> yeah. But knowing the astrology really helps to say, oh, okay. You know, or this is a highly sensitive child. My other daughter is so sensitive and she feels, she feels what other people are feeling. Mm-hmm. And knowing that has helped me to understand that when she gets overwhelmed that I can support her by reminding her like, look, you're all of this stress that you're feeling. It's not even really your stress. It's because you've been around your friends who are stressed out. And it's just, Oh my God. Like the fact that we just have this tool available to us, it's great. So what are those key things? If we want to better understand our children, what are those key things in their astrology that we should know about them? Yeah. So, um, I would say that it is really important to look at their moon sign. That's probably, you know, if you just wanted to start at your moon sign, that's a great place. And I actually have a free ebook that you can download off of my website. That is, it explains how to run a chart for yourself or for somebody that you love. And then it gives some explanations about all of the planets, the houses, the signs. So it's just a little reference book 
So like if you're listening to this and you want to run your child's chart, um, you can figure out exactly how to do that. And it'll show you some information about the moon, for example, and what the moon means and what, you know, what sign the moon is in, etc. Because the moon is about our emotions, mm-hmm. about how we meet the world emotionally. And, um, you know, the sun also, because the sun is about self-expression and the rising sign, if you have an accurate um, birth time, the rising sign is also really important because that talks about how you show up mm-hmm. and your how you're going to sort of please the people around you until they get to know you when you can be more of yourself. Yeah. The best way I heard that described was that it's your facade that you put out into the world. Yeah. Which I didn't, in, in up until a few years ago, I had no idea what a rising sign was. And I always felt like I didn't always relate to being a cancer. And then when I found out I was a Libra or a Libra rising, I was like, oh, this makes a lot more, <laughs> this makes a lot more sense about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the, the rising sign is sort of our defense. It's how we learn to get approval and get accepted. And so it's, it has like a certain flavor of um, conforming to it, right? Because we have like, yeah, like you said, our facade. Mm -hmm. And then once people get to know us, then they get to meet some of the other places in our chart. Like they get to see how we operate emotionally or how we self-express or any number of ways. There are a number of planets in the chart. Yeah. And I think knowing all those things about someone can just give you so many tools and such a different perspective to be able to relate to them and love them the exact way that they are instead of how we want them to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that is, I see it more now with more current parenting, but you know, there has been a people have parented for many years before our generations where it was about turning the child into what you wanted the child to be. Mm -hmm. And that is just not, it's not, it's not effective, right? Because it makes the child feel like they have to, like they can't be themselves. And what we're wanting is we're wanting children that feel like they can be themselves because they know that they're going to be supported no matter what. So you had kids pre pre going into astrology, did you notice a shift within their relationship with you once you better understood their charts? Uh, yes, absolutely. Because it's, I mean, it's like, I can't even emphasize how cool it is to have a map of who a person is. And so you can know that there are like, for example, this is just kind of a funny example, but there is an asteroid called Ceres. And Ceres is about the way that we relate to our physical body and the way that we care for ourselves. And somebody with Ceres, for example, in an air sign is not going to be as embodied. They are going to have, they're, they're not going to be as sensitive to changes in temperature they're not going to recognize immediately when they're hungry. They, um, they're just not as in their body as some of the other series signs are. And my daughter has her series in an air sign and it would drive me nuts because I have my series in a, in Taurus and Taurus is so much about comfort and, and physicality and you know, I was always that mom walking around, like dressing the baby dolls because I'm like, oh my God, I can't see a naked baby. I'm freezing <laughs> just looking at it, you know, but, <laughs> but like seeing that my daughter has series in an air sign, it makes so much sense. So when she leaves the house without a coat, which she does all the time, instead of fretting, like, oh God, oh God, oh God, I understand. Like, look, this is just her. This is how she does her life and her world. And I can remind her, but for the most part, this is just what she's here to experience. And so those little things have made a huge difference for me. 
It's just so fascinating how many little nuances there are in astrology. And just for someone like me who wants to learn so much about it, at times it seems almost overwhelming of all the planets and the stars and the sun and the moon. So for someone who wants to have a better grip on it for themselves, where do we start? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can start in a few different ways. Um, you can get, so there are a few books that are just amazing. Um, Stephen Forrest is awesome. So it's called The Inner Sky by Stephen Forrest. And I would say, start there. That's a great book. And then um, the other book that I really like, and I'm trying to right here oh yay I have it right here it's called spiritual astrology Mm. and it's by Jan Spiller and Karen McCoy so those are some great books to start with um and you know it's a big map right Mm -hmm. so it's not like you're gonna sit down and learn it all immediately but it can be helpful to learn about your own chart And even just start with the sun, the moon, and the rising and Mm -hmm. really investigate what those things, what the interpretations are that you read Mm -hmm. and how they fit in with your life. You know, what parts of those make sense and what kind of information about yourself can you get? Um, And then, of course, a professional astrology reading is always really nice because you get somebody that knows the map really well that can just go through and lay it out for you and you get to ask questions and unlike a computer like an app or something you're like you get it totally personalized to you and and your chart yeah absolutely i highly recommend anyone listening because like i said before brain explosion (laughs) yeah yeah because there's definitely something so powerful about someone being who has no idea who you are and can so eloquently see in your chart who you are where your life is going to go and then just the interpretation of that like you said it just there's going to be so many parts of it that will just light you up yes and it's like this map that is always relevant because we can get a chart reading And then a year later, we can get a chart reading and we're going to hear completely different information because we're going to be at a different place in our life and, you know, we'll have different transits and whatnot, but it is this really dynamic tool that you can always refer back to, especially if you're, you know, we bump up against these walls as humans Mm -hmm. where we think, you know, I know I'm supposed to be doing something differently and I don't know what it is, or I'm so uncomfortable in my life. And I don't know why. And an astrology reading can give you some really amazing insight into like what's going on. (laughs) I think one thing it helped for me too, is just to be so much more aware and conscious of how just the planets and the way that everything is moving within our universe can affect me and knowing just even being aware of the fact that that can happen can make you shift your perspective, even just with that new information. Yes, exactly. You know, when, when we're talking about mercury retrograde, for example, and -hmm. mercury retrograde has such a bad rap Mm -hmm. everywhere you look on the internet, people are like, Oh no, everything's going to go, you know, everyone's, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. It's mercury retrograde. But if you're, if you know what mercury retrograde means, and mercury is the planet of communication and it's the planet of the way that we, um, the way that we collect ideas and information, and it's our sense of intelligence and our perception through skill and speech. So, if we know that those things are being activated, a Mercury retrograde simply means that we are going to get opportunities to look at the way that we've communicated over the past several months, and have we been doing a good job? Have we been saying what needs to be said? Have we been listening to what people are saying to us? You know, are we sitting there feeling resentful and annoyed with someone in our life when the truth is that we haven't articulated our needs to them? You know, 
once we know that, okay, we're in Mercury retrograde for the next three weeks, I really need to look at my communication. Mm-hmm. And I really need to see like where the dysfunction is and how can I make it better? Then we're like, oh, sweet. That's so cool. Cause now I can like kind of get ahead of the game instead of just sitting here for the next three years being pissy because <laughs> so-and-so isn't addressing my needs, right? Mm-hmm. And you bring up such a good point and it's something that I've really paid a lot of attention to recently is the way that social media creates these almost spiritual memes of we're all connecting over this idea of spirituality, but it gets to a point where we're just kind of saying things to say things. And it's so true about Mercury retrograde where it's all over Instagram, like God bless you all, like hold on for this wild ride. But is there any other misconceptions about astrology that you see on the internet? Oh yeah, so many. I mean, people like to blame the planets, (laughs) right? As if the planets are like these, these malefic things that come along just to trip us up. Mm. So I see, I see that a lot. And, and really I would always say that it's not about, you know, the planets aren't here to do bad things to us at all. They're just here to kind of teach us and open our eyes because, you know, we can't like to use that idea of resentment and it's such a common thing. So many of us get resentful and we want to blame something outside of us. You know, it's their fault. It's, it's because of the planets. It's what's happening in the skies and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, taking responsibility, learning about our part in it is so important, which is another thing that's cool about astrology is because it can say to you in a very objective way so that you can hear it, you know, look, you have some shadow elements here. There are some places in you that you're... Um, you know, you have power struggles happening, or you're envious, or you're repressing your emotions, or you're using, you know, substance to numb out. And when you do those things, it makes your life harder. Mm -hmm. But when you recognize that they're there, it doesn't mean that you have to immediately change them. But you recognize like, okay, I have a part in this, and then you have more power. So really, I think astrology is not It's not about something that is scary or something that, you know, is here to beat us up. It's, it's here to awaken us and show us what's what. And I think on that same note that it's so funny, I'm doing this series right now on my Instagram where I'm talking about some of the things about astrology that I think give astrology a bad rap because there are so many accounts that, you know, it's like nonsense stuff like, you know, don't date a Scorpio man because he'll <laughs> screw you over. Right. And it's like, no, I mean, you know, if you're dating a jerk, he might <laughs> screw you over, but it's not related to his astrology. Um, mm. So, you know, it, it, it's funny how people take something and kind of ride it. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so true. I, I had a history of dating Aquariuses who were jerks and you know what? I, I started to think, is it, is it, is it all Aquarius? Is? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Aquarius can be emotionally distant. And I think that's the complaint with Aquarius is that Aquarius can hold, you know, hold people at arm's length, but Mm -hmm. then it's like with anything, it's like, then you want to look at your tendencies, like, huh, Mm -hmm. I hold people at arm's length or was I holding them at arm's length? Like, you know, it's great. It's great for some introspection and, you know, for anybody listening, if you are curious about your partner or you're curious about why you tend to attract the same kinds of people over and over, you can get some insight into that in your astrology, right? And, and, you know, I do couples readings, I do compatibility readings. So, and, and, you know, I do straight relationship readings where we're just looking at, here's what your relationship astrology looks like. Here is why, for instance, you might pull in wounded birds. A lot of people do that. Like, oh, I'm always pulling in these partners that need to be healed. Well, it'll probably explain exactly why that is in your chart. And also what you can do to kind of 
begin to mitigate that so that you're pulling in partners that are healing instead of people that need to be healed, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, and it goes back to what you said, that it's just this power tool that we can have in our back pocket in order to know how we can continue to ascend and be the best us and how we can lead with such understanding when we relate to whether it's a partner or a child or a friend. Yes. Yes. That, you know, we can always, there's always good work to do. That's really beneficial if we're willing to do it. Yeah. Cause when you were talking about the stereotypes of the signs, it's also just this huge other element that we talked about way at the beginning of the podcast is that some people are just here for a different journey and <laughs> it's hard to know. I mean, I don't know if, can you see that in people's charts who goes, who is on a more spiritual awakening path versus more of just a flight or fight or flight survival mode? Yeah. I mean, the way that it, the way it looks in a chart is that all of these archetypes have sort of the, um, the dysfunctional side going all the way up to the really highly integrated, um, evolved side. And so, you know, for example, using Scorpio, cause Scorpio is such an easy example for this with Scorpio, somebody with a lot of Scorpio in their chart can be really emotionally repressed. They can be secretive. They can be obsessed. They can be overbearing and controlling. Mm-hmm. And that's on the, um, like the more dysfunctional side of Scorpio as the archetype, but somebody can have a bunch of Scorpio in their chart and be working towards the integrated side, which is about really, um, recognizing where they slip into their shadow and using that to transform and evolve. So Pluto and Scorpio are also about penetrating the depths of experience. So on one hand, somebody could be completely emotionally repressed, always blaming, never taking responsibility. And all the other side of the spectrum, this person, the same person can be like, oh my God, I'm totally taking responsibility. I see exactly why this thing has shown up in my life and I'm, want, and I'm really wanting to research it and explore it so that I can evolve. And so, you know, when I'm looking at a chart for the most part, I find that people that are wanting an astrology reading, there is some awareness that's mm-hmm. bubbling up. So these people are saying, I don't want to live this life of being asleep. I want to wake up. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it just kind of depends. You could read anybody's chart as the totally asleep checked out version, or you could read it as the, I'm awakening and I'm really wanting to understand and move into integration version. So it kind of depends on the person. Mm. Again, I just, I'm just going to keep using the word fascinating and brain explosion (laughs) (laughs) because it just, it really is. And I think is, I like I told you before we started recording, it truly is just on my my list of things to just learn more about and truly dive in because I think it's just such a powerful tool that we can use to relate to one another. So that leads me into my second to last question, which is what is on your spiritual bucket list? Oh my God. Okay. So I can totally relate to you wanting to learn astrology. Um, I think if I was having a different life or a different, maybe this will happen for me, but I would love to learn more, um, like acupuncture, Mm. like herbalism, Mm -hmm. because I'm like you, I I'm such a seeker. And I feel like the more, the more of these sort of maps that I can learn and master, the better, the more exciting life becomes. So I think that that's sort of it. It's like, is it a, is it a big map? Yes. Great. I want to learn it at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And it just makes the universe that much bigger and just so much more wondrous and amazing knowing the secrets that we have yet to tap into. Yeah. It's just like this ability to, yeah, like you said, tapping into the things that are not completely tangible. There's something that is just, uh, Mm -hmm. so, um, like you said, just so mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I know I have goosebumps thinking about it. 
<laughs> well, it's been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank you so much for answering all of my astrology questions. And I'm sure I will have several more. <laughs> oh my God. You are so welcome. This has been so fun. And as I warned you, I like to end this podcast on words of wisdom for anyone listening who just might need a pick me up today or words of encouragement to step into their best self. So what are your wise words to end on? Um, so I'll just talk a little bit about what's happening for us currently. And, and, you know, whether you're listening to this now in 2020, or you're listening to it in 10 years from now, this should still hold true is that we're in this time period where we're really being asked to look at some of the ways that we have been governing ourselves. And I'm talking a lot about inner critic, and this is the archetype of Saturn in the chart. But these ways that we have been holding ourselves to rigid standards, um, telling ourselves that we're not good enough unless we're thinner or richer or um, busier, right? That those, that voice that tells us that we're never enough. It is really important right now to challenge those beliefs. Um, Pluto is the planet that is about looking underneath the surface and really seeing what's there and seeing how those shadows come and they cripple us. And it's so big in the current astrology we're all being asked to this idea of self-care of how do I care for myself? It's more than just taking care of our physical body. It has so much to do with really looking at the beliefs that we hold about ourselves um, that, that make us feel like we're less than and really challenging. Is that true? Is it true that I'm only valuable if I'm a good mom? if I'm um, super busy and I'm helping everybody and, you know, all of these traps that we all find ourselves in, you know, that's sort of my, my closing words of wisdom is to make it your mission to, to pay attention to the, what that inner critic is always harping on you about. And then reality check. Is this true? Thank you for listening to Enlightenhood. For more wisdom from spiritual mamas like you in the form of guided meditations, videos, articles, masterclasses, and more, check us out at enlightenhood.com or connect with us on Instagram at enlightenhood. If you need a tribe of like-minded women to dive into personal and spiritual development with, check out our monthly membership where we show up, go inward and upward together. Enroll today at enlightenhood.com backslash membership for less than the cost of a yoga class. Until next time, you mindful mamas. Thank you.